Good morning. It's good to see you guys. I'm glad you're here, Sally. All right. Um, before I start, um, anybody had um, pain, left hip, um, uh, kind of like back area from like here to here? Okay. Two. Um, okay, four, five. All right, because um, this is not a normal thing for me because um, I'm physically fit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I haven't worked out in like a month. I've been eating a lot of stuff I probably shouldn't have, but no. Um, but uh, I just want, if it was you, just raise your hand right now. Um, somebody next to you, just lay a hand on them. We're just going to pray right now. We're just going to believe for healing. Yeah, there you go. Good. Thank you, Michelle. All right. Father, we just thank you right now for the people that raise their hand for their boldness to, to admit that they have pain. God, right now, God, we just thank you that the pain leaves. We thank you that in Jesus' name, pain has to go. We thank you that in Jesus' name, pain flees when we tell it to flee. We thank you, Jesus, that you paid for our, our you took sickness from us, you took pain for us, so we don't have to have it. And that in Jesus' name right now, we command pain to go. We command healing to, to come in, and we thank you for it. We celebrate it, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. See, I'm thinking, okay, oh God, what are you telling me to do? And, you know, I get a handful of people that are... Uh, that are doing something. So I love how God works because he just like, you know, gives me this little understanding of what's going on and a lot of other people are, are suffering or struggling with something like that. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. Oh, I, I did. I brought it. It's right here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So um, I'm re- if you ask Jordan, I'm really horrible at naming what I'm preaching. Right, Jordan? Yes. He, he's over. Yeah. So um, normally I don't, um, I don't name anything, but uh, I was, when I was, I wrote all this down and I was typing it out last night and, and kind of finalizing it, going over it. And I couldn't, I'm like, okay, what do I call things? You know, I like, what do I name? I'm really horrible at naming things except for my kids. Um, and, and I did good with my kids, but I'm really horrible at naming like projects. And I'm like, you know, like I have a project at work and like, What's the project? I'm like, things that need to be done. I just called it that. I'm like, I don't really know what to call it. But I called this one, I was just like, I was going through all my notes, and it's, I called it Generous Like 100. And I'll get to it. I know it's a little weird, but I'll get to it in a moment. But I want to talk to you guys about generosity. And, um, I mean, we could have left after what Sarah was talking about. I mean, that was, that was good enough. But um, I want to talk to you about generosity. And first of all, it is stewardship. Um, you know, when you talk about generosity and you talk about stewardship, first thing that comes to mind is what? Money. money. And people start thinking, oh, he's going to talk to me about why I need to give money. Absolutely not. M- giving to God comes out of a love for God. Generosity can be an earthly thing, but it also comes out, a majority of it comes out from a love of God. But stewardship is about what God has given us and how we prioritize what he's given to us. We, we think of stewardship as like, well, I'm, I'm good with my money. No, stewardship is not just money. We're going to be focusing on that little vein of it right now of what we do with the money that God has given to us. But stewardship is how we manage our children, how we manage our, um, our houses, everything that God has given to us, how we manage it. We have to learn how to manage what God has given to us in order to line up with the way he does things. So if we're not good at managing something or stewarding something, we have to say, okay, God, how, do you, how would you steward it? And we can look in, in his word and find out what he says about it. 
So if you struggle with, with finances, we can look at his word and say, God, this is what you said about your word. This is how you say that we need to manage our money. But generosity is a, is a kind of a... Um, is kind of a thing because we see people, they donate to, to these nonprofits and relief organizations, and that is great. And we, we want that because people around the world need help. They need assistance. They need those things. But generosity is not required. It's not a demand. It's not something that um, God says you have to be generous. God says you can be generous. It's your choice to be generous, but he doesn't, like, he doesn't sit there and go, hey, you're not generous today. Go give something right now. He doesn't demand it of us. He, he, he gives us the ability to be generous. So, but generosity brings joy. Being able to be generous to people around us and to other people uh, or to organizations and different things allows us to have joy in our lives. You guys ever, how many of you guys have ever given to something and you're like, man, that just brings joy yeah. from giving because it's just something you're like, I'm doing something that's changing the world. But generosity requires intentionality. We have to be intentional about what we are doing with our money. That means we have to plan what you're going to do with it, how you're going to spend it, how you're going to save it, how you're going to invest it, whatever you do with your money. Now we get to the fun part. I'm going to talk about tithing today, but I'm not going to talk about why we should give. I'm talking about the definition of tithing. So I want you guys to understand this. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. There's no forcing to tithe. There's, I don't want to think, well, he's telling me that I need to tithe. No, God, if God tells you to tithe, you tithe. So tithing is intentionality of what? Our first fruits. The tithe comes from the Old Testament, and it is the first of our increase. Tithe is what? 10%? 10%. Old Testament says that the tithe is 10%, the first 10% of the increase of what we had. And if you look at the Old Testament, what was it? First fruits. Is it because everybody was a farmer? We didn't have factory workers. We didn't have, we didn't have people that worked in um, banks and different things like that. You had people who were farmers. They, they went to the fields every day to farm. They went to, whether it was animals or it was crops, they farmed. So when God told them, he said, you bring the first of your crops or your animals to me. So when a tithe is 10%, that means the 10% that comes off the first fruits. So it's not the last. It's not, oh, well, I need this. And then I'll see whatever I have left over to give. It's the first of what you have that comes in to you from God. So we talk about intentionality. Intentionality means that you're focused. That means you're looking at and saying, I need to be intentional with what I'm doing. We do that with our parenting, right? We, we want to make sure our kids are raised right. So we're intentional about doing something. Well, I need to make sure that they're doing their homework because I want to raise kids that aren't um, not graduating. You know, I, w- with our kids, it's like, are you, do you have homework to do? No. Are you sure? Are you sure? And then they're like, no, dad, I don't. I'm like, but I asked them that. I'm like, are you sure? Because I want to be intentional in making them understand that this is something that is important. So intentionality is what we need to do with our income, with the tithe, is bring in the first fruits. Now, waiting till the end of the week and seeing what's left over is not intentionality. It's spontaneity. Well, I guess I'll just give this. And, and again, if you're feeling anything, I'm not trying to force pressure. 
or put condemnation on anyone. This is just, I'm reading from what God is saying here, and I believe he's called us to all be generous in our, in our walks. You know, if you look at the church, the church follows the same rules as we, fo- as we follow when we, when we tithe. The church brings in, and what we do is we take 10% of what we have, and we give to missions, we give to other organizations, and, and other churches that we see are advancing the kingdom of God on the face of the earth. And we say, you know what? There is, they are of value to the, the church. They're of value to the kingdom. And we put what, we, what 10% comes in to the church. So the church follows these rules and principles like missions. Um, but what it is is this, is we, have, we see value in it. If you don't see value in it, would you put money into it? If you see value in something, it's like you see value in your child, you invest in your child, you invest for their future, you invest in them in a spiritual way, so you have something that is there. We talked about it uh, when I was doing tithe last week, it's where your heart is, your treasure is. Where, where's your heart? Is your heart in, okay, I got the, the best of this, I've got the best of everything I can drive, wear, whatever, but our heart has to be invested. If we follow God, our heart has to be invested into the kingdom of God and what his kingdom says. So we're going to go over this. Tithe is w- this, what tithe is and what tithe isn't. Tithe is this, is um, Deuteronomy fourteen twenty two, And this is where God is talking to the children of Israel. They're wandering in the desert. And he says, Make an offering of 10%, a tithe, all the produce which grows in your fields year after year. Bring it into the presence of God, your God, and place, it, place he designates for worship. And then as it goes on, he says, God will bless you. Exchange your t- if, God, if you don't have, um, if you cannot carry your tithe that far, exchange it for money and bring it to the temple. And I love what God says. He goes, use money to buy anything you want, cattle, sheep, or wine, anything that looks good to you, and your God and your fam- family can feast in the presence of God, your God, and have a good time. Meanwhile, don't forget to take good care of the Levites who live in your towns. They won't get any property or inheritance for their own as you, as their own as you will. So what he says is this, is he's saying that your tithe should come in. It should be the first fruits of what you bring in. So it's the first and the best. If you look at the sacrifices in the Old Testament, what did God say? He said, bring, don't go out and pick the, the crippled lamb. He said, what it, he said, he goes, find a spotless lamb, find one that's healthy and sacrifice it. That was for the sacrifice. So the tithe is the, the first and the best to God. The tithe is not what is left over. Tithe is not what's left over at the end of the week, and you're like, well, I guess I'll get that. I got a couple quarters left in my pocket. I'll, I'll get that. Tithe is, tithe is more of an intentional thing about giving to God and showing God, I love you, and I want to, spend t- and I want to invest in what you're doing. I love what God does. Is he doesn't just give us rules and regulations and say, okay, stick to these rules, and you'll be okay. No, he says, I've, he gives us a son who gives us direction. He wasn't, he didn't just place us on earth, like a lot of people think, and just let us go. There, there's no anything to go on, everything is whatever, and God just, their hands off. No, he gave us, 
if you look at the Old Testament, he gave his people rules and regulations. He gave us the Ten Commandments to follow because they're good. We need them. People are like, well, it's just the Old Testament. We live in the New Covenant. Yes, but Jesus didn't come to abolish it. What did he do? He came to fulfill it. So he said, yeah, the Ten Commandments are your rules, and you've made a bunch of other rules on top of that. I'm, I'm coming to get rid of all those extra rules, and I'm coming to fulfill the law. He goes, I'm going to fulfill and make a new covenant so that God is intentional about it, that he says, I'm going to give you my son who's going to give you everything you need to live by. You guys turn to Luke 21. I love this. This is the widow's offering. It says, Jesus looked up and saw the rich giving their gifts in the offering box, and then he saw a poor widow with two small copper coins. So, a lot of translations say it was a mite. So a mite is basically like two pennies. And Jesus says this, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more than all of them together, for they have contributed out of their abundance, but she has contributed out of her poverty and put in all she had to live on. Think about it. You have the last two cents you have, and she's like, well, you know what? I'm going to give this because this is, talk about sacrifice. But what she understood was this. She could have said, okay, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to these because I need to eat. And I'm just going to volunteer a little more. Or I'm just going to keep doing more of this. And I'll, just, I'll, I'll volunteer, you know, add to, you know, I'll spend more time at the, at the temple and, and clean up for them and different things like that. She knew what it was. She knew that, her, that what she had in her hand was an offering to God. She knew that it wasn't her time that was a tithe. She, because it, it wasn't. Your time is an offering to God. Your tithe was what she had left in her hand. All she had, she had two cents, the equivalent of two cents, and she put it in. I love the heart of this woman. If you really think about it, you have three scriptures or three uh, verses on her, but three verses is such a powerful testament of who she was. She was so dedicated to God and was like, you know what, I'm going to give him everything I have. It reminds me of the um, Elisha and the um, widow woman and her son. And she literally was collecting a little bit of um, flour to make bread and eat it and then die. And he goes, no, he goes, make it for me. Okay, someone came up to you and you got like this little... You got two pieces of bread left, and they're like, hey, make me two pieces of toast, and this is all you have left. You're like, you're crazy. But what she does is she's like, wait a minute. I know this is a man of God. She makes him the bread, and, and what's really tragic is, is if you read the scripture, she had no family. She had no one to take care of her to take her in, so she's literally making the last meal for her son and her before they basically would, would starve to death because there was no, she didn't have a husband. And, but she takes it and she, because she realizes there's something that Elisha is saying and he goes, just make it for me. Give it to me. And she does. There's something that grew inside of her, some faith inside of her to think, why am I doing this? But she knew what she was supposed to do. She knew she, she was, it was right to do that. So she makes this bread for him. And he eats it, and she's probably thinking, great. I made him this bread. I know I was supposed to. Now what, what am I going to do? 
And he's like, hey, take your jars and, and watch your jars fill up. Watch your oil overflow. And she didn't starve. She had food because what happened was is this, is her obedience to, Christ, uh, to God allowed the blessing of God to come into her life. The generosity she had towards him allowed the blessing of God to come into her life. She had so much it was overflowing. And I love how all God is when he's generous to us. What is it? It's overflowing to us. He's not like, well, here's, a, here's, here's $2. Good luck with that. God doesn't just say, oh, well, I got a little left over for you. Here's uh, a mint and some pocket lint that I had in my pocket for you. No, he looks at us and says, how am I? I am a generous God. How do I take care of my children? Taking care of doesn't mean not enough. Taking care of, when someone takes care of the bill for you when you go out to lunch, does that mean they pay half of it? No, it means they've taken care of all of it. If someone said, oh, I'm going to take care of that. Oh, okay, thanks. And then you get up there and you're walking out the, walking out the door and then someone's coming after you like you dined in dash. Oh, well, they only took care of half of it. Oh, okay, that didn't, yeah. So when God says, I'm, when he says, I will take care of you, that means I'm going to take care of all of it, not just a little bit of it, not just enough to, to get you by until next week. He says, I'm going to provide. When I provide, it's going to be overflowing. Look at Jesus' water to wine. He doesn't, say, doesn't make this really gross, watered-down, $7 bo- uh, uh, bottle wine. He makes the best wine, and the, in the, the, the people at the, the um, feast are like, why'd you save the best wine for last? Because God doesn't give of what's left over. He gives of his best. Because everything God gives is his best. The widow woman in both Elisha and in the um, Gospel of Luke, they both gave of what all of what they had. They didn't give a little bit of what they had. She could have said, well, I'm going to keep one for me and I'm going to put the other one in and I'm going to see. She had faith and she trusted God that when she gave it, God was going to take care of her. We don't know how this story played out, but we know how, what Jesus said. I believe Jesus saw that and he, he rectified that situation because he wasn't going to say, okay, well, she just gave of everything she had and I'm just going to leave her there. It's not how God worked. If you look at through the Gospels, everyone that Jesus came to and everyone that was brought to Jesus was healed. There's only one time where Jesus says, yep, I can't work here because they don't want me here. So Jesus wouldn't just leave her hanging. Same way Elisha said, you know what, God's going to provide for you and your, your blessing's going to overflow. That's the way it was with Jesus. I guarantee it. So with our generosity, we have to look at it and say, God, what do you want me to do with my money? And a lot of people don't want to, don't, like, okay, God, you can tell me how to live my life, how to be kind to people, but stay out of my money. Stay out of my money. Don't tell me what to do with it. Don't tell me how to to do anything. Um, You can tell me how to invest it and save it, but don't tell me how to give it away. Tell me how to make more and put it away in savings so I'll have lots left over, but don't tell me how to to give it away. We've all had that conversation with God, and you're like, God, but I need more money in my savings account. He's like, I I am your savings account. Um, And I remember when um, Sarah and I were just married, this was, I think, the gosh, what was it? Layla was one maybe. And we were, we were doing something and we just felt like we were supposed to give an exorbitant amount of money at, a, at the time when we were both broke. Um, 
you know, when you're living on a couple hundred bucks a week, we were like, um, yeah, maybe. And we were like, I think it was like a hundred dollars or something like that. And we were just like, okay, God, you told us to do this. And this was huge for us because we're like, we're like, we're giving a hundred dollars, but I don't know if we have anything for next week. And it was just like, okay, we're going to do it. And then, so we gave it and it was just like, it was that, 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 that scary confidence. You're like, I know you got this, God, right? Right? You're like, right, God? You're, you know, and you're, you gave it, and you're like, you're going to provide for me, right? You know, and, and it's, that, it's that little bit of nervousness when you di- we were generous with that, but we knew God told us to do it. And it was funny because we're like, on the way home, we're like, did we hear from God? <laughs> no, I mean, it, you have those times where you're like, yes, we all have those times. You're like, I know I heard from God. And then you're like, get in the car on your way home. You're like, I really hear from God on that one? Because I don't know if I have any money left over. And it was funny because we we were like having that conversation. We're like, well, whether we heard from God correctly or not, it's gone now. We can't go back and get it. And and then late next, like later on that week, a a check showed up. And then and then a couple days later, somebody else gave us some things and and other things. And it was like we knew that God asked us to step out in faith and be generous with what we asked to do. And then God honored that, saw our generosity, and he laid it on the hearts of other people to be generous to us. And I loved it because what we gave, God God multiplied what he gave to us. God doesn't just like, well, you gave a dollar, being generous, I'm going to bless you, we're going to even up. God, when God blesses, he overflows it into our lives. He, he brings it into us so we can be more generous. God doesn't say, okay, um, you've been generous with $100 here's $101 so you can pad your savings account with it, or I'm going to overflow it into you so you can pack it all away except breaking even. I remember one time, uh, I went, a place I uh, worked for, we went to the, they took us to a casino for a party one time, and I was like, oh, great. I'm like, okay, you gave me $20. They're like, here's some money to go spend in the casino. I'm like, okay. This was before the days where it was all, you had to put the coins in. It was, it was nothing. You always got coins out. This was a long time ago. And so, I, uh, I took two cups, and I took the, tw- the, the like, they gave us like 20 or $25, and I put the one cup there, and I set that cup there, and I had the next, or I had that cup in my hand, I had a cup between my legs, and I'm sitting there, and every time I would get a winning over whatever I put in, I would put it in there, so at least I would make sure I would play out of my winnings, and so I, would, I walked out, I'm like, I walked out with $20, I'm like, yes, I'm like, I broke even, God doesn't think that way. God doesn't say, well, you know, you gave 20 bucks, I'm going to return 20 bucks. God says, I'm going to bless you for being generous in a way that blows your mind. Yeah. And, and sometimes it, 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 we have to quit thinking of God as a monetary donation system. Like, okay, God, well, I'm, I'm, I'm giving and being generous, and I'm expecting money in return. I, we've given away money so much, and we've never got that in return, but we've received other things in return from God. God has blessed us in, in ways that we can never even imagine or even that are 10 times what we've given away because we were generous with it. We we're like, God, this is yours. Everything that you, you've given us is yours. Everything that we have is yours. It's just when you tell us to give it away. And we have to think of our lives that way. Our lives have to be that way. Our finances have to be that way. Everything has to be. When God says you need to give of yourself, not just, I, I, not, I want you to give money. I want you to give of your time and of your emotions and of what I, have in place, what I have placed inside of you to bless other people. But what we think of is when God says generous, like, well, he ain't telling me what to do with my money. 
We can have everything in the world. We can have every, the finest of everything, and it will leave us empty without generosity. Amen. Because we've had a lot of money, and we've had m- no money. And there's been times where it's like, oh, okay, I don't know if we're going to... We're going to be able to buy, we, we get ramen noodles this week. We bought a pack of ramen noodles this week. It's like, I remember there was times where we would go to the store and we would buy the big, the, the, the 10 pack of ramen noodles. This is when we were first married and Layla was like one. And that was like, we're upgrading this week. But that's what we had. We had, we had ramen noodles. We had, oh, we had a bag of potatoes, a bag of onions. And we're like, this is what we're eating at that time. And it was like, I couldn't eat ramen noodles for like, 10 years after that, I was like, I ate so many of them. I was like petrified and, and preserved. But, um, but the, we had so little, but, and it was a struggle. But I look back at it and said, God gave us times to be generous and he blessed us. He, he grew us in our income, in our faith, in our, in our wisdom and an understanding of who he was. It wasn't just a money thing that when, when we went through, that we had a lack of money, we had a lack of faith, we had a lack of understanding, we had a lack of trust in God at that moment too. Not that it was, it was completely that way, but we trusted God, but he was growing our faith in the areas of being generous. Because it's hard to give money away when you're eating ramen noodles on a regular basis. When ramen noodles is like the, the best thing you've had and you go to your parents' houses to eat a regular meal, you're like, yes, we get, we get actual meat and bread. And I mean, but we were learning how to be generous with what we had because we were lacking in areas, not just finances, but our faith. And God was growing that and he was giving us more and more and more. And it grew and it gave us abundance in everything around us. So generosity is not just the cash in your hands. It's, it's what's inside of you. Sometimes God's going to say, I need you to give of yourself to these people. And you're like, God, but I don't have the time. God's like, I don't care if you have the time. I'm asking you to give of these people, uh, give your time to these people because they need it. Everything we have comes from God. Whether you believe it or not, it's true. You can look it up. It says it. A lot of people think, well, I, I, I can, God given me money and I, or I'm going to make money and I'll give God money when I, when I have money. What we don't understand about God is he gives us everything we have. I'm going to say that again. God gives us everything we have. Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, if you start to think for, if, bleh, sorry, spit that out. If you start thinking for yourselves, I did all this and all by myself. I'm rich. It's all mine. Well, think again. I love this. Remember that God, your God, gave you strength to produce all the wealth that you have so as to confirm the covenant that he has promised with your ancestors. So it, God gives you the ability to make wealth. So you can say, look at all the money I made. Well, God gave you that ability to do that. So you know what? Quit boasting in self, like Paul says. Why should I boast in myself when God's given you the ability to make that money? Right. Well, God, I had a really good idea and I made all this money. Well, God gave you that idea and you made all that money. Our ability to generate wealth comes from the, the God who showed us how to generate wealth. Generosity is a choice. It's free will, and it applies to every area of our, our life, like I've been saying. It's not just what's in our pocket. 
It's not just what's in our bank account. It's every area of our life that we need to be generous in. We have to think of God and say, okay, God, you were generous to us. If you look at the Old Testament, he was generous to his children. Children of Israel, he brought them out of uh, captivity. He brought them into the promised land after a lot of years of being dumb and wandering. But he brought them into a land of promise. And I don't think God's promises are lacking by any means. So if he says, hey, welcome to my promised land, it's not like, oh, yeah, you know, it's going to be the best of everything. It's not going to be like, oh, by the way, you get to go to McDonald's today. He's like, I'm going to take you to the best place. The, instead of, okay, let me ask you this. You, you tell your kids, oh, we're going to go out to eat. It's going to be great, and you're going to love the food. It's the best food you've ever had. And then you t- take them to McDonald's, and you buy them a 10-pack of, of nuggets. And they're like, <laughs> but think about it. You know, you're like, is this real? You know, <laughs> you um, and if you get them like an hour late, they're like, they, 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 they bounce. Um, but think about it. If God said, I'm going to bring you out of captivity, I'm going to bring you to the promised land, and they get there, and there's like one cow, a little trickle of a river, and one grapevine. And they're like, you said it was a land of milk and honey and, and promise. And they're like, well, I got a little bored, didn't finish up what I was going to do. God doesn't work that way. He's, if, if, if he had said, oh, this is the promised land of everything that you have, you're going to need is going to be in this land, he's not going to shortchange them. So why do we shortchange him and say, well, I just don't have the time, God? I remember uh, Sarah's probably said this, but there was, this was years ago. This was uh, right before Lana was born, I think. She, uh, uh, oh no, it was after Lana was born, if I remember correctly. But she worked for a juvenile delinquent prison. Oh, that was Layla. I'm sorry. One of the two. Both of them. Yeah, whatever. I can't, I can't keep track of when they, this happened. But Sarah will tell you the story, and she will say, it, God told her three times to go work there. And she said no. First two times, she said no. And then she will tell you it almost brought us to ruin financially until she said yes. And then it brought us from a place of struggling to being able to move on. And what happened was, is after that, then God started to open doors for us to be blessed financially and for better jobs and better advancement. And, but I look at it and say, what if she had said no the third time? Three times and you're out kind of thing. I don't know, but it's like, that is, it it was like, we were, we were saying, God, what do you want us to do? And, And he was telling her without me even knowing this, you need to go work at this place. And she's like, no. <laughs> and, and he's telling her that she finally did. And, I'm, and she said, oh, I, I need to go. I'm going to go work here. I'm like, are you crazy? And I'm like, these kids bite people. There's a murderer there. There's, I mean, there's, there's kids that have, yeah, it's prison. It's prison for kids. Um, these aren't like little kids that have broken windows. These are people, these are kids that have, have uh, physically harmed people and, and different things like that. And I'm like, are you sure your God told you to go work there? She's like, yeah. And she goes, I told him no twice, and he finally, <laughs> and he finally, he finally convinced her to do it. But if she hadn't said yes to God, what would have, it would have changed the course of our life, but it would have changed the course of, of some of the kids' lives in there too because she was able to give of herself and be generous and, and bring kids to the Lord. 
by, by obeying God and, being, and saying, God, I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. I don't know why you're asking me to do it. I don't know, understand this. It makes no sense. I don't want to get murdered there. Um, but, but it allowed her to be generous with the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. And she offered herself as a sacrifice. Said, God, whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to give it to you. And sometimes that's hard to be generous in that way of, of sacrificing ourselves of ourselves to a point where it's kind of like there's this old charismatic saying and they say, give till it hurts. No. But sometimes God says, I want you to give this and it might hurt a little bit now. It might feel a little uncomfortable now, but when you're obedient to me, I'm going to pour out blessing on you. You know, we look at Jesus. Jesus was the perfect offering, and he was the perfect tithe. He was the first of God, and he was an offering for us. He was the firstborn and the first fruits, offering himself in place of us as a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. How, how can we be as generous as this? We can't be. But we can give it a try. And say, God, where do you want me to be generous? Where do you want me to do things because there's times in life God's like I just need you to bless this person with this be be generous with your money be generous with your time give of yourself to them and God will say do it and you're like that doesn't make sense but God's like I want you to do this because it's going to bring healing to them it's going to bring hope to them it's going to bring it's going to bring redemption into their lives because I'm going to bring them uh, uh, you're going to represent Jesus to them at that moment and show them the love of Christ because you care about them When you're a good steward, we'll pri- we prioritize what, you're going to, what we're going to do with God and what he's given to you. You have to choose what you want to do. Are we going to be generous? Stewarding is managing what we've got from God and giving of ourselves and what he's asked us to do. You know, I, I pray that you guys are going to get moments this week that you can be generous. It's going to be I'm just going to declare that right now, that you guys are going to have moments, you're going to be generous, and God's going to ask you to do something, and you're like, ah. Yeah, you're going to be like, God, is that you? And he's going to ask you to be generous in a way that you've never been generous before. Or he's going to ask you to be generous in in a greater way, because I believe God wants to, is going to test you and say, okay, where's your heart at? Where, where are you, where's your value at? Is your value in, in what you have and you can hold in your hand, or is your value in my kingdom? Is your value in the people on this earth that, lo- that need to understand the love of Christ, that need to experience me in a new way? And God's going to give you ways. The people you come in contact to, the people you talk to on the phone, you, where you eat, wherever, God's going to give you moments to be generous, and you just have to be responsive to him and say, yes, God, I'm going to be responsive. The same way Jesus said, he's sitting in the garden, and he says, Father, if you can take this from me, that would be great. I would love it. If you can do it any other way, I would love this. But if you can let this cup pass from me, if you can not send me to the cross. But he says, but if you choose not to, it's not my choice, it's your choice. It's, it's not my will, it's your will be done. And I believe God is going to give you moments. He say, hey, 
I need you to do this. And you say, hey, it's your will, not my will. Let's pray.